to Creative Reboot, the ultimate podcast for creative souls, small business owners, side hustlers and dream chasers. I'm Carla, brand photographer and visual magic maker for colourful magical weirdos and also a professional multipod. And I'm Sarah, creative copywriter and branding photographer for awesome female business owners and aspiring author. Welcome to this week's episode of the Creative Reboot Podcast. And this week, we're actually talking about a subject that I haven't really got a huge amount of knowledge about. So I'm kind of going to see where this goes. But we've decided we're going to talk about legacy planning. Um, Carla, I think you should explain a little bit more about what we mean by that. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so, um, so legacy planning in the kind of formal sense if you google it you'll find a whole bunch of stuff about finances mm. and planning your um your will and planning where you're going to leave your house and like planning all of well assuming you have a house but you know planning for your finances and while there is an element of that um my version of legacy planning um so i'm <laughs> i'm known for being quite morbid um it's not morbid for me this comes from a i have a lot of plans for my my eventual death um for the funeral for what happens to my stuff for where things go um and that that's part of my legacy planning and that for me comes from a place of love um for the people left behind because i don't know from year to year what songs i would want at my funeral so how the bloody hell is anybody else ever gonna well, be able to yeah, guess that you know yeah. so it comes from a, a place of wanting to take you know take that that stress and that burden away um but more crucially i think to this podcast so we will touch on that and we'll talk about that mm. but more specifically to this podcast um I spend a surprising amount of time considering what my creative legacy is going to be, what I want to leave behind in terms of my creativity, my art, the the work that I do, my photography, um, my business legacy. Like what what is going to what is going to carry on when I'm not here anymore? Yeah. And again, that maybe feels like a bit of a weird. Um, it has been called everything from genius to massively self centered. I'll kind of take both of those. <laughs> um, but as a single childless woman who plans to stay both of those things. Um, and I think the child-free is is definitely um, relevant because actually, if you don't have children, then actually your legacy yeah. What, it, does what else are you leaving behind? Yeah. What are you leaving yeah. behind? I think it becomes a more specific. I'm not saying it's not important to people with children, but I think it's a more obvious thing to think about if you don't have kids. Well, do you know? Uh, to, so yeah, that's that's where we are. Yeah, that's that's where my thoughts are. I think my initial kind of thinking there is it's it is about having it is that thought of you know once once you are dead you are gone and you know you said the d word i did say the d word sorry i'm quite i'm quite we should probably get this out of the way now i am very black and white when it comes to talking about death i've 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 had to tell people that their loved ones have died and you have to be very straightforward about about to say i've had to tell people that they're dead that's not a thing (laughs) sorry I may have had those conversations with a few dead people. Who knows? Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's yes, yeah. we are both quite straightforward about it, yes. aren't we? Yeah. Yes. So maybe so. We'll, we'll probably put a warning at the start of this as we'll well, just to be sensible. Warning on, uh, <laughs> but um, it is that idea of yeah. So once once you are dead and gone, there's there is nothing after that. I'm not one of these people who believes in you know I'm going to come back as somebody else or I'm going to go off to heaven or all these you know all these other different ideas. I, as far as I'm concerned, once you are gone, you are gone. So it, it becomes that idea of, I think one of the things, my one of my, one of my biggest fears has always been that pe- people will just forget me once I'm gone. So I guess it is that idea of having something for people to remember who you are yeah. or who you were. Yeah, and I think actually that's a really interesting um, kind of take on it because um, I 
believe in the big bar in the sky, but mm. not really religious at all. So that might just be a comforting thing. In an thing alcoholics kind of way. Yep, absolutely. In a, yeah, no, no, no. In a, well, we have, we have the great bar in the sky. We have the great stable in the sky. We have the great garage in the sky, Love like it. depending on which, which thing or person I've lost. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, but that I think is, you know, as much as anything else, it's a, it's a comfort thing. Um, in terms of my own life and death, I would like to believe there's something afterwards, but I do know that we only get this one precious life mm. on this earth. Absolutely. And so it's very important to me to make the most of that life. Um, but then similarly that that what's left and weirdly I love that you're thinking about being remembered I perhaps am horribly arrogant that I am absolutely certain I'll be remembered (laughs) but I want to have some um some say in how I'm remembered oh okay so I don't worry that I won't be but I want to make sure that I'm in some way leading the discussion on how I'm remembered. Taking a little bit which, of control over that. I like yeah, it. Not in a... That does sound it does sound horrendous when I say it out loud. I don't it doesn't mean sound it in like that a bad when I write it in my journal. Kind of way, but. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like, I don't want people to... It would be very easy, for example, if you know me at all or if you've listened to this podcast for more than about two episodes, um, it would be very easy to, to be like, oh, do you remember Carla? She was so fucking flaky. You know, she just jumped from job to job and she just never settled on anything and she's never did anything to, to the end. That's not how I want no to be remembered. No one wants to be remembered for that. No, you I'm know? absolutely What I would that. prefer, without changing my character at all, what I would prefer would be, do you remember Carla? She was gloriously chaotic. And she made these amazing, <laughs> amazing things that like every time I look at them, I just remember her magic similar different and and that's that's kind of it's not the driving force behind it but it is something that i have considered that's that is really interesting actually because as as you were saying those things i was thinking to myself you know what if you know if i left nothing behind now what Mm -hmm. would i be remembered for oh sarah she was the paramedic not really fussed about being what you want uh or oh sarah photo was a wedding photographer Okay, that was nice, but that's not what I am now. I've, you know, I've changed. So that's yeah, yeah, that is quite interesting. Okay. It's an interesting one and I think it's it's not in I mean, again, maybe it's really predictable because, you know, so much of my work and so much of your work is around brand stories and stories mm. and storytelling through images through words, but for me it's kind of about crafting the story of my life while I'm living it because I've got to live this story. No other bugger gets to live it. It's True. just me. Um and that's the same, you know, that's that's the, the, the same for all of us. But also what what's your I think that's why the word legacy comes into it. It sounds really pompous when I say, Oh yes, I'm doing a bit of legacy planning today. I've never said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, probably seemed, a good thing you haven't said that out loud. It seemed like an appropriate title for the podcast. Yeah. And it, in terms of and it's not something that I do it's not like I sit down every week and check but I do things like I update the letter that goes with my will every year and I you know during my my yearly planning which we have talked about in in more detail in other episodes um you know there is an element there of okay what am I doing what am I doing that goes beyond my day-to-day business work what am I doing that goes a bit beyond um and, and what am I creating I think at the at the heart of it for me at the moment and again this is it, it does it varies like everything it, you know it, it ebbs and flows mm. for me the thing that's really crucial at the moment is what what am i creating that is not on brief for somebody else Mm. what what creativity am i leaving behind that is truly what i want to say and a conversation i had um very recently literally a couple of days before recording this podcast be a couple of months ago i think by the time we release but um is a very talented uh friend of mine um who um i will link to she's destiny blue um she's an artist um very well known on the internet 
And we were having a conversation about art and what we want to say and all of those things. And I said, oh, I've noticed that although you have you have this amazing following and you sell lots of art and you're ridiculously super talented, you don't take any commissions. Is that a choice or is that just how things kind of worked out? Because you never know people's business journeys, do you? And she said, no, it was um, it was a choice because she didn't want anybody else to influence what she wanted to say. She mm. wanted to be able to express herself unfettered. And it has had such a massive impact because I've been thinking this year more about the art and my personal work anyway. Yeah. And for me, this idea of, oh, what do I want to say? And then I looked at everything else I do. And like, don't get me wrong, I am so lucky to earn a decent living doing stuff that I love. But everything I do has a brief, has a marketing strategy, has a has a something attached to it. Mm. And my shoots are often for other people. or And that's wonderful. I love that. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy that. But those things are not going to survive me as a as a part of me. Yeah. Does that make any kind of sense out loud it does this is all quite newly formed this this particular little bit is is very i'm still working out what that looks like for me you might have to uh, elaborate in our show notes if you start to develop more thoughts about that definitely definitely. but yeah no no it does make it does make sense and this uh, it's one of those things that i say obviously we're talking in the respect of art there but i mean this could be for any sort of creative thing that you do couldn't it so I'm thinking along the lines of obviously for me it's writing and I've always thought you know for years I've always thought oh, I'd love to be able to write a book or or leave and leave that behind I guess you know um yeah what am I trying to say I'm not sure do you, do you think it's something only really that that people with a creative background would have a kind of no, not at all. I think it's something that anybody can consider. I mean, a lot of people don't like thinking about it because a lot of people don't... As much as we have a drive to leave something of ourselves behind, a lot of people don't like talking about death or thinking about death. Yeah, that, I find death. that really strange. And, and ultimately, yeah. you know, yeah, legacy... Mm. I, mean, I think you, in your in your previous career, I think you have come... You're a lot more matter-of-fact about death than most people <laughs> that I've met. Yes. Most people are like, why do you talk about death all the time? And I'm like, and they're like, is it because you lost your dad? I'm like, oh, God, no, I planned my funeral when I was 21. Like, he was well alive at that point. <laughs> but do you know what, though? Have... Actually, interestingly, you say I'm very... Um, uh, what's the word you just use then about matter of fact matter of fact thank you about talking about death but i've not done the things that, that like you've done like you say you've planned your funeral you've you've written this letter that you know for for after you die and and all of these kinds of things it's um see that's got me wondering why i do i mean i know so the letter the letter idea came from um my lovely friend anna who's the other half of ink drops mm-hmm. and she i'll link actually she's written an amazing blog post about it on our site yeah i think i'm gonna have to um, read that too but she weirdly it's one of our most visited uh one of our most visited posts it's got absolutely fuck all to do with stationery except <laughs> that it's in an envelope but it's it's, it's, it's something that people obviously resonate with <laughs> yeah. um but we she she told me about that so that she's a little bit older than me and she um had been doing that that was one of her things that she did and then we had the conversation I think not long after starting ink jobs um and we were you know drinking wine and chatting on the phone as you do and I was just like oh you know and I I, I need to, I need to check my funeral plan because you know it's been a few years now um and she was like oh have I told you about my letter and we had this wonderful conversation about the things that so hers has got things like she wants vegan food because she's a vegan at her wake and mine has got the specific chocolate cake that I want people to order um and it's got i mean the original plan had the original plan had six white horses pulling my my um my coffin wow and then i showed it to mum and she was like who exactly is paying for this funeral and i was like 
yeah. Good point. Maybe <laughs> so I need to think to cost a it out. Bit there. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Uh, one of my one of my stipulations actually, and again, this is so this is for me. This goes beyond planning your funeral for me this is part of how I want to be remembered and, and the legacy I'm leaving so one of my absolute stipulations even if nothing else on the list happens is um I don't want any black my funeral mm-hmm. I don't want any any anyone no one is to be wearing colors of mourning I want people to wear bright colors at one point I said I was going to have bouncers to check people's underwear to make sure no one was even wearing <laughs> black underwear but that might be you know maybe not appropriate today <laughs> oh my goodness that's um, hilarious uh and you know if i can get away with it i will have some burlesque dancers there i think it would be bloody brilliant yeah uh, maybe not in the crematorium but maybe like you know at the at the celebration afterwards because i want it to be i want i want my i want the way i go to be very much as i've lived and by in that way start to shape the conversations of of what is left behind and what what comes out and i think actually for me as well part of that self-expression that i think this is why that conversation has had such an impact on me is that the 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 things I want to express, I want to come out in my work. Mm. So I, I need to have that joy and that colour and that riot of chaos that is my inner world. I want to somehow, and that fairy tale magic that I've never really grown out of and I don't think I will ever grow out of, I want to get that out of my head and into the world in images so that other people can experience that. Mm. Maybe it's massively narcissistic. I don't know. But don't it's know. Important. it feels important to me. It does feel important to me that there is something left behind. And, you know, I mean, people might, when I've gone, they might be like, oh, yeah, Carla, she was colourful and a massive twat. But that, I mean, <laughs> you can't control everything, right? I cannot imagine anyone would say, and a massive twat. I really can't, honestly. But hey. Um, I, I mean, I don't know anyone who would describe me as a massive twat. But, I mean, I've got some years left to live, hopefully. I've still got time to piss people off. Things could change, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but you, again, we we I mean we said so so for for clarity, if anyone's thinking this is not as well scripted as your usual, we don't script our podcast, no. but we do usually plan a bit more. But when we realise that this is something that I've done a lot of and Sarah has done zero of, yeah, I've thought about a lot and Sarah hasn't really thought about until we came up with this. We thought we'd just dive in and, and have see, a what, happens, and see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. you, the, But some of the things you're saying there, the, when you talk about that, you, you there was a phrase you used there talking about that that having that control over um, how you go, and it's. It's funny. I've I have those thoughts. I've definitely had those thoughts about, but up until the point of I'm gone. Um, okay. So I've never really looked beyond that. I, you know, at the end of the day, if people want to chuck me in a hole and then go and down the pub afterwards. That's, that's entirely have up to them. So ever had that conversation with your husband? Is that is that a thing that you guys have no. discussed? Given your previous careers, like or his current career. Oh, what do you mean up career, to the point of death or after? No, death? as in what you want to happen after? Because no? I always assumed I always assume the reason I do this is because I know that I want to stay single and I know that I don't want children. So it's kind of my responsibility to work this shit out. Mm. I haven't got a husband who will go. Oh yeah, she really loved Steps. You should play that at her funeral. I don't want Steps. At my funeral but you know those, those weird things that other say. people don't <laughs> it's weird shit it'll be kind of a co- weird combination at the moment this this year it's a weird combination of country music and um deep house which oh. who knew interesting uh yeah interesting it's, it's gonna be fun my funeral's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> well, to the I... point where i'm seriously considering having it before i go just so i can go to <laughs> well, it do you know actually that's probably a really good idea if, if i if i had that thought process of do you know what i'm going to create the kind of funeral that i would like to be at then hell mm-hmm. yes like i can totally get on board with this idea it just yeah. i mean it could then be a bit awkward when you have to have another one after you've gone it's like it's like the person who keeps having leaving parties and then coming back like <laughs> Stop it now. Like, you clearly work really here full time permanently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's you again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and also then I suppose if you were a ghost, you'd totally take the, the, the sting out of it if people were like, oh, you're back. No, no, I'm here to haunt. Oh, no, no, you've just come back, haven't you? Oh, okay. <laughs> but 
yeah, to answer that question about whether yeah. I've talked about this with Stuart, it's no mm. is the answer to that. Okay, but has he talked about it with you? No, neither of us has, oh. have actually considered this okay. at all. We, we've we've discussed the point of you know if if he starts to go a bit do lally and gets annoying, then I'm to, then I'm supposed to put a pillow over his face and that kind of stuff. So okay, <laughs> we've, we've I mean, had like those that, conversations, but yeah, like pra- practical stuff. And I'm guessing you've got I'm guessing you've got wills that, that no. specify. <gasps> no, do you know actually saying that it's, it's something we've been saying we need to get done over and over and over do again. Do you know what? I it's really funny. I'm funny about wills for a different reason to why everyone else is funny about oh, wills. Um so most people say because for a long time I was like I don't need a will because I've got nothing of value. I've got a car that's worth like 2 grand at a push. Yeah. Um, and I've got fuck all else. Um and I only actually agreed to make a will when I bought my house because I thought that that would be a sensible thing to do so I could choose where that went when I died, etc, etc. Um, and then when I started thinking about that a bit more, I realised that, and again, so this has come with, with some losses, some personal losses as well. Um, actually, <laughs> it's really important to have a will so you can specify what you want to happen to your body. Oh, Really? Because there are, if you're married, there are some things in place for default places where your money goes. And if you're unmarried, I think there are also some default places. They just might not be quite what you would want, where you want your money to go and your your assets and stuff. But in terms of specifying what you want done with your body, if you haven't done that, other people can make that decision. And I was not happy about that. Oh, interesting. So... Um, because I really, really don't want to be buried. I really very much would like to be cremated yeah, and chucked in the I sea. I understand that. that I want to be in water. I want to be in a body of water. I do not want to be... Um, I don't want to be in the ground. I'm, yeah. I'm not a ground person. I'm a water person. And that, that feels very important to me, even though I know I know now, having dealt with Dad's death and ashes, he doesn't fucking know what's happened to his body. That He doesn't care what's yeah. happened to... You know, people People don't, once they've gone, they actually don't care. But I care now, yes. so I want to make those those plans now. Yeah. Um, and that feels like a really important reason to have a will, because once you're gone, that's the only way you've got of telling people what you want. That's a good, very good point. I hadn't even thought about it that way, actually. So, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Again, maybe less critical if you've got people around you... So, for example, in my case, mum would be the person, mum and dad would have been the people if, if I'd gone first and they knew what I wanted and that was fine mm. because apparently we're a weird family that talk about death a lot. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that much, but enough to just make it less stressful when but I, something happens. Also, just to kind of go back onto that little point there, I don't find it weird and I actually I think it's very healthy to talk about that with your family. So You and that, you're probably the only person who's ever said, everyone else is just like, that's fucking weird. It's, it's like, really not, I think it's so healthy to talk about it cause, yeah. because the, the, the thing I always go back to, having talked to people who, you know, are actually on the cusp of death and they've got their family members there with them and they've never had the conversation. So we've then had to, in their last moments, talk to them about, do you want me to resuscitate you? Because, you know, this is what's going to be... And that's a horrible thing to have to then fill your last moments with. So if you already Absolutely. know this stuff way before then, yeah. it's, you know, it's so it also healthy comes, to for, talk for about For me, it. it also comes... So I have added more detail to my stuff. It comes from a place of love. So mm. having, having, you know... Yes, I agree. with mum, yeah. organised the funeral for the person I love the most in the world besides mum. Um, you know, it was it was a really hard thing to do, but it was a much easier thing to do because we knew from conversations that we've had and, like, he'd left the poem that he wanted read next to his will like he tucked it into the drawer with his will and so you know there were little little and we found like a scribble so we'd chosen two of the songs and we couldn't quite decide on the third one and then we found a scribble um on his desk pad of of a third one that had or well it was a song that he'd written down that was in our 
in our ideas for the last one. Mm-hmm. So we were like, and we didn't find that until, I don't know, it was about a week before the funeral. Oh, like, wow. Brilliant, that'll be the one. And it felt very, I can talk about it joking, like, you know, lightheartedly now. At the time, it was a, a massively emotional thing mm. that, oh, we were thinking along the right lines. Yes. But, but actually having that, having those hints, having those ideas, having had those conversations made something that was already immensely painful less stressful yeah it didn't make it less painful but it did make it less stressful. no absolutely because there's less for you to have because to think about then, you don't have there? to decide yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. don't have to worry if you're getting it right for the person yeah. because they've already told you that's what they want so you know you're doing what they absolutely. would want so then it just yeah. makes it and, and i know i mean i say for dad actually that the music was never going although we knew specifically what he wanted the music would never have been an issue because he was a, a massively musical person he was in a band and he was on the radio and he he played his guitar and you know he was hugely into his music that was his thing so it was never going to be difficult the only difficulty would be narrowing down but but the genre that he loved would, would, would I love everything there isn't really music that I don't like yeah and what I like change so for me I'm not defined by music although I love it and couldn't live without it so I can't leave somebody else to pick that because they what do never you pick know if they yeah. get it right yeah. what do you pick Absolutely. yeah so um yeah so I, it, it, it definitely comes from a place of love yes um, I agree and I with think, that um I do think we should all talk about it more yes. I think it would be a lot less of a shock if we talked about it more actually. yeah oh, oh absolutely 100 percent agree with that yeah and that's that's one that's something I go to which is probably completely not related to this at all but it is that even talking about that with your family you know the things that you would want to happen if you were incapacitated and yeah. you know it's just all of those that things is, are so that important. is part of legacy planning I do think yeah. that is part of it like I mean this this obviously this podcast is is in theory more about creativity mm. but we are none of us immortal, right? Absolutely. So that, really and that's, you know, that I was going to make that point. That the reason I'm so matter of fact of talking about death is because it is actually the one thing that we are all going to face at some point. Death and so, taxes? Yes. In fact, if you're a bit dodgy, you can probably avoid taxes, but you can't avoid death. Exactly. So. Yes, I quite agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. That's a thing, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I, I think in terms of... Yeah, in terms of practicalities, I would say that, the, the, you know, the letter that goes... So that I've got my actual will, um, I've got, and the will was very carefully planned out. It's not complicated, but it was very carefully planned out to make sure it said exactly what I wanted it to say mm-hmm. and would survive the death of my parents yep. because without a spouse, you have to think about what happens when the people who are older than you, who hopefully, potentially will... I'm not hopefully, but hopefully, you know, will go before you. Yep. So you have to kind of think that next step as well. Um, you have to think about what happens if you've appointed an executor who's likely to die well before you do. That's a thing I hadn't considered. So good solicitor, I would say, is important at that point. Um, and then the letter that goes with the will, um, I'll link to because I think Anna explains it much better than I do. Um, but it is, it's very personal. It's whatever you want people to know. Mm. So it can also have things like if you've got monetary legacies that you don't want to be bound up in the will because you don't want to complicate things, but you would like whoever inherits to, for example, give a few thousand pounds to the sanctuary you got your cats from, yeah. Or, you know, depending on what's event, because again, I have no idea what I'm going to die with because at the rate I spend money, there might be nothing <laughs> left. <laughs> but if it's there, if it's then there. I would like, you know, so I don't want to put anyone in position of selling the house to give the cat sanctuary a couple of grand. But if the money is there, then it would be really nice if that could happen because the cats have given me lots yeah, of joy. So it's, it's all lots of lots of tiny little things that are important to you. Um, and I update that every year on my birthday, okay. which again, people are like, you're so fucking morbid. And I'm like, I'm really not. It's <sighs> just, it's a, it's a convenient annual thing that i know even my chaotic brain won't forget yeah but and also so, yeah, yeah just to, i just want to take it away from that morbid feeling yeah. i don't feel it's a it's morbid, not morbid thing it's no. not morbid it's just that we have a weird in the western world we do have a weird um there's a real weird relationship with death yeah, relationship yeah, yeah yeah death. absolutely yeah, this, this whole idea of trying to avoid it and you know stop it yeah. from happening when it's 
just not possible at the end of the day. Yeah. So, but let's, so going, yeah, going go beyond you death. Know, then, no, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you were going to go the same, same thing. Yeah. Going beyond death, what do we want to leave behind? That That is something that, again, I'm still working out. I haven't totally, I haven't got this sorted by any means. I'm 35, so fingers crossed I've got plenty of time. Absolutely. Um, but, but in terms of... Um, I mean, I've made some big steps. So I had this real thing about I don't I don't want to die in a day job. None of my day jobs have been the kind of jobs that I was life threatening in. Like, you know, but still, I was, unless I died of boredom, I was not going to die in the day job. Well, can we just um, chalk so, that one up to a tick then? Because you've done that now. So yes, you will not that, die in a yeah, day definitely. job now. So. Not die in a day job. <laughs> um, but in terms of the creative side of things, I'm definitely still working that out. Definitely. Mm. I know I know it involves imagery and I know it probably involves magic and fairy tales. I don't know exactly what that looks like yet. And I think it's interesting. I think anyone who creates anything creative, whether that's words, whether that's art, whether that's physical stuff, whether that's carpentry, whatever that is, your thing that you create. um, We never really know what the next thing's going to look like until it's done, do we? Well, this is is the thing, because and also isn't there the, the possibility that you think you've created the thing that you want to leave behind? And then realise that actually, no, that wasn't what you wanted to say. Or you've changed your mind about what you want to say. So then do you start the process again? Or? Destroy it? No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. No. So interestingly, that, that's actually a really good question. So I would say, and this is maybe not a fully formed, um, so forgive me if I'm a little bit verbose. <laughs> um, I would say that it is less about creating the thing you want to be it's not about one one specific book, piece, yeah. art, yeah. photo, you know, cabinet, whatever that you want to leave behind. I think for me, it's more about creating an overall direction, an overall feeling, an overall like moving in that. So without having like a ten year plan or a thirty year plan, because like who the fuck has that? Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> we did actually talk about that in Andrea's episode, and um, you can't really, you know, in life and business, you can't plan too far ahead because you never know what's coming. Exactly. But I think for me, it's about, um, and this is just for me, you know. This is we, we are we are definitely giving ideas. Do not do not feel this is some kind of blueprint, but it is about knowing what you want in this life, so that when you do go what you've done is what you wanted and what you leave behind is what you what you made in the life that you wanted i need to find a pithier way of explaining that don't i (laughs) well the fact the fact that you said it with a frown is um is making me contemplate so it's because i was words were just coming out of my mouth yeah consciously making them so i thought i should just let that happen um but it's not so much about I want to paint the Sistine Chapel before I die. Mm. That, that's not a thing. But I want to make... I want to make... For me, I would say, my, my, my legacy planning so far is I want to make work that makes my heart happy. Right. Yeah. Which actually... And as long as it makes my heart happy... Yeah, along the way, then, yeah, then you've yeah. done your job, haven't you? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not a specific, I want to create this one photograph before I die. Because, like you've just said, you probably create that one photograph and then look at it in three years' time and go, meh, and oh, make another one. I know I would, <laughs> because I look at photos that I took last week and think, meh, I could have done, right? I could do better now, you know, so. Um, I do think for me, and I, I think this is probably really important for creatives, and again, this is this is something that, although I've been legacy planning for quite a long time, um, this conversation I had at the weekend has, has had this real impact. And I've already, I've been working on my personal work this year um, with Juliet anyway. Um... I think the impact is on what do you want to say? Because I think that's part of legacy, isn't it? What do you want to say? It was very much about, you know, expressing what you want to say without... And and it's not 
I love my client work, I do, but it's not the same as the work I create just for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I Even if it's that. the same medium. And I think for, for lots of artists who work to commission or, you know, take orders or all of those things, what you create for yourself and what you create for commission are two different things. Mm. And we've talked before about making sure you make time for the stuff that is just for you, even if it's not saleable. Yes. Um, and it's making me think differently about how I'm approaching that because in we've got another episode coming up on Money Mindset. But this is another another thing I'd be really interested to know your kind of thoughts on as I'm as I'm waffling. Mm. Um, I've got to stop t- saying I'm waffling. That is self-deprecating talk. <laughs> it's not sensible. Um, where I had initially thought, oh yeah, personal work, fairy tale, fairy tale and magic and myth and like this riot of colour. I've got this very clear vision for for the work I want to produce. And because I am so used to creating businesses immediately I was like brilliant so then I can have I can have necklaces and I can have prints and I can have um you know art and I can go to art fairs and I can I can sell my work it'd be amazing and following this conversation I am suddenly thinking actually I'm looking at this completely backwards what I need to do with this work more than with any of my other work I don't need to market it I need to make it yeah and then if people want to buy it great but but actually I'm I need to look at it from a from a making my heart happy way not a making money way that's that has just set off little little chimes in my heart that Ooh. because oh just just the kind of thinking about it's actually you know I've, I think I've said it in previous podcast episodes my plan is to write a book this year but mm-hmm. suddenly I'm thinking I've, I've been thinking of it from the perspective of I'm going to write a book that I'm going to try and get published but actually what I want to do is write a story and I want to write a story that I enjoy writing and that I find myself becoming lost in and creating this whole thing you know this whole yeah. this whole world yeah, the book that doesn't yet exist exactly the book that you want to read just, but that just doesn't exist yet absolutely yeah. and that's actually what i want to create if it becomes a book from that and becomes you know then may great. end up yeah fabulous but yeah. actually what i want to do is i want to achieve that having written this story that's you just that's just how as as you're because you're, you're grinning at me while yeah, you're saying yeah. this how are you how do you like I know this has just happened in the last 30 seconds. Literally, so yeah. I appreciate you may not have an answer to this yet, but if you do, has your feeling towards writing the book changed since you just had that realisation? Liter- and I'm aware that it was less than a minute literally, ago, so it's okay. There's, there, it's almost, I literally heard the click as the door has opened in my mind and gone, oh, you can do because, this. You, anyone yeah, can, you anyone can, you can, can write a it. story. Anyone and can write a story. Nobody I ever can needs write to. So you story. can write. You can write whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Because nobody has to read it except you. At least to start with, you're not writing it to sell. You're right. And for me, this is. I think this is what. And I'm going to have to. I haven't told her. Bless her. I haven't told her. I was planning to out her on the um, podcast. That's fine. You've got but, time um, before we pub, before we fine. put it on it's there. It's totally so. fine. Um, but. Um, because it did have such a... Well, also because I hadn't really processed it, to be fair. Mm. This is me processing. This is the processing I would usually do in my journal and I'm doing it with you instead because I haven't actually had time to write in my journal since I got back at the weekend. <laughs> um, also, amazingly, this was like maybe like a 10-minute conversation mm. in, in a day of conversations. It was not a, a massive, deep thing, but it has it has massively impacted me because similarly to you, the reason I asked that question is that I have been feeling really, not blocked, but really like, oh, am I going to be good enough? Is the work going to be good mm-hmm. enough? Is the gallery going to want to? Because just, you're thinking of be the end result already. Absolutely. Yeah. And Juliet keeps saying to me, don't think about that stuff. Like she's an amazing art mentor, but she keeps saying, don't think about that stuff. What do you want to create? And I'm yeah. like, oh, but I have to think about the end result. And suddenly, not because of anything she hasn't like it's nothing new I think it's just the way that it came up in a conversation and it just made me go oh 
And sometimes you need stuff from different... You need the same thing said to you five different yes. times, don't you? Yeah, yeah. By five different people for it to sink into your head. Um, suddenly, I'm like, I can just create. And it actually doesn't matter if it's shit as long as I like it. Yeah. If, yeah. if the art world thinks it's the most twee thing ever, that's fine. <laughs> because it's not for them, it's for me. Exactly. And so now suddenly I kind of want to run out and take some pictures tomorrow. I mean, I can't because my back's still buggered, but I want to go <laughs> run out and take pictures tomorrow. And that's not something I felt like for quite some time. Well, so I'm, I, I'm delighted that your book is feeling similar. Yeah, I just want to get, I just want to get, um, open up a Word document now and start pounding away on the keyboard. But Shall I do some typing? No, I better not because I'll probably break the recording. I'll, say, I'll do some typing, <laughs> typing sound, sound effects. Sound but, effects yeah. um, so yes, thank you. I yeah, wasn't expecting you're that. You're so welcome. While we were you're chatting. so welcome. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one, and I think it is. It's so funny as well because I think something that okay, I'm heading into controversial territory oh, now. Okay. Um, something that people often say is said to childless women or child-free women. Child-free. I'm going to go with child-free Thank because you. actually I think childless, not by choice, is different. Yes. Um, something that that people often are sad about is that. I am child-free and people say I'm selfish. Mm. And I haven't actually had a lot of that recently. I did when I was younger. Um, the older I've got, the less the people are like, oh yeah, no, she's not. Also, she dresses like a toddler. She probably shouldn't have a child. I mean, I think I'd get on great with a child. I just don't <laughs> think I should have one, you know, full-time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I find it really interesting that having a child is, on the whole, this is not my... So I feel like I need to make it clear. This is when I said I'm going into controversial territory. This is not my opinion. But on the whole, it is considered that having a child is unselfish and not having a child is selfish. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I am inclined to think that actually neither thing is particularly selfish or unselfish. It's just what's right for the person. Yes. But I do think it's interesting that I have, when I've spoken about this legacy planning thing, been accused of being very introspective and very self-absorbed <laughs> and like, why why does it matter? And I'm like, well, you created some people to leave behind. I did not create people, so I'm creating some other stuff to leave behind. Exactly. I think that's perfectly reasonable. And, and actually, I, the stuff that you're going to leave behind, you've got more control over what it is that you're creating. When you when you create a person, yeah. you've got no idea what they're going to be you've like. You've got no idea you, what they're so. going to do. No, exactly. And they, <laughs> they will turn out to be different people to you. Like, they're not... Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love kids and I have so much respect for my friends who yeah, are parents. absolutely. More so after the pandemic year. Like, I could not have dealt with the year that we've <laughs> no. just had. If I, I mean, I couldn't have dealt with a kid anyway, but definitely not with the year we've just had. So... Um, but I think it's really interesting that this and, and I have to also clarify, like the, the people that I surround myself with in my life, this is not their opinion either. Like they mm-hmm. are nothing but supportive. Um, and, you know, they, they, they support what I do. And they, you know, I often, t- I often talk about my business. I haven't talked about business that much because I think business is, although it's inextricably linked to in, in both of us, it's inextricably linked to our lives and our happiness and our well-being mm. and our creativity. I think in this case, it's not the business that gets left behind. It is the creative, creative thing. I agree. That, that's, yeah. that, that is is left. Um, but I think that. Um, what do I think? I've lost my train of thought. Too about, many thoughts. Talking Sarah. about children. We're talking about the uh... children and. Oh yeah. So I was gonna say I often refer to my businesses as um, as various stages of childhood. So currently, I've got one kind of three major and a couple of needy newborns um much as i love them they just need so much and they're at the point where 
you can't outsource because you haven't got a process to outsource yet you're still working it out when it's very new um the three major is great most of the time and then every now and again throws its all its toys out the pram and i have to go and sort it out <laughs> just at the moment i don't have any time to sort it out it's always the way but nine times out of ten it's great fun and it challenges me and it asks me really odd questions and it makes me look at the world in a better way so you know i, I think the kid thing is actually quite i've got a whole blog post planned actually about um how to wrangle clients like toddlers but... <laughs> <laughs> on the controversial plan anyway um and i think that one of the reasons that i have started to refer to my business in those terms is because it makes it more socially acceptable when i turn something down because i'm busy with my business or because i'm busy creating because it's your baby because it's my baby mm, whereas yes. if it's just your business people are like oh you don't want to be a workaholic That's but you can be a child really quite interesting actually <laughs> and i feel like this is relevant in the legacy thing because if you have children you're automatically creating something that fingers crossed will survive you if you choose not to have children or if you don't have children by circumstance and i think those two things are linked but obviously very different yeah in both those cases it's kind of down to you to decide if you're going to leave something behind and what that is mm. that isn't a human yes and you know cats don't live long enough and I, sadly you know, not no yeah or, <laughs> also probably good to be fair don't think i want to leave my cats to anyone else they're far too singular exactly um so i i don't think it's a I don't think it's a weird thing to do, but but not very many. I don't. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys. I would love to know. Um, so as I say, we we realised when we were talking about this episode that I've obviously given this maybe too much thought. Sarah has not really like thought none. about it in yep. detail, <laughs> but obviously is impacted by it from yeah. the goosebumps and the stuff, and that you know, it's it's kind of an exciting. I think it's a really exciting thing because it's for certainly me, make, making me contem- actually think about I to make to actually make time to do some of this planning because yes. actually. Yeah, it's, it is something that I think maybe we, we probably only put it off to a point when when we do actually start to face our mortality, whether that's getting old or we become sick for whatever reason and think, oh, you yeah. know, do we need to start thinking about this stuff? So actually thinking think about it's... it while you're healthy, while you're, while yeah. you're well and healthy, yeah. it means you're making decisions based purely on what you love then isn't it absolutely and mm. i was gonna say so i think it's something and again i'm using i feel like i'm just caveating everything i say it's caveating even a word it is now putting a caveat on everything (laughs) i say today um but i think that you have to also get into the mindset because it is a bit of a mindset thing Mm. you've just said about you know when you're healthy that's great but actually we do do some practical planning people generally do have some practical stuff in place for if they get sick or um, i know we're going to talk about emergency planning in terms of your business and your creativity but you have to get comfortable with the fact that you are planning for frivolity You are planning to you, you are planning to spend some of your life creating something that may have no meaning for anyone except you, but will live beyond you. Like that's massive, but not something we're trained to think because, it, well, because I don't mean frivolous we're, in a bad way. No, no, we, and I know we are it, trained to think practically, aren't we? That's what we've We are trained to think practically up. and we're trained to think of the sensible things and we're we're not supposed to indulge ourselves, but yes, we bloody are, actually. Um and I actually don't think it's indulgent or frivolous to, no. to, to create, but 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 the societal view is kind of that, which means in order to do it, you sort of have to get into that view and then subvert it. Yeah, that is actually. Really, do you know? I, and you, you say all those things, and I immediately was um, remembered something about, and I, I'm probably going to get this wrong now, but it, there was a some philosopher, maybe maybe Socrates, possibly, mm-hmm. who actually talked about the the most important thing is actually leisure. 
that is actually mm. the the thing that we should all be making the time to do. I mean, he 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 saw leisure as learning. That's what his his mm-hmm. consideration of it was. However, I, I'm going to have to check now whether it was Socrates. It's bugging yeah. me in my distant I, learning. I like that. I also think I think maybe a point that we should make before before it gets too too late to make it mm-hmm. um, is that we you don't have to leave something behind. This is something mm. you can plan to do. Or this is something you plan not to do. Um, or it's something you just not think about. You can just listen to half this podcast and be like, nope, they're talking bollocks and that's fine. <laughs> I don't think we are, but you are entitled to that opinion. That's fine. Um, I think if you, if it feels too big, um, because I think one of the things that, that I really struggled with when I first started thinking about this, not so much the practical death stuff and the funeral stuff, but but about the creative legacy. What What is my creative legacy? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And what do I want to leave behind? Mm. Are my two big questions. If you're feeling a bit wibbly about your creativity or if you are not quite where you want to be or you haven't quite, you know, honed your craft or you're beginning something new or you're in any kind of change. You're going to look at those questions and go, I fucking know, can't cope with that. I'm not enough, not enough. And all those those impostery, not enoughness Mm. type things will come and shout at you. And that's okay. Like, I don't think it's something, and I, I think that's something I would like to emphasise, that although we've we've tucked this into a nice, neat podcast episode, this is not necessarily a nice, neat, put some put a couple of hours aside oh my and God. have your legacy yeah, all planned no, out and sorted. Like, not. that is not how this works. No. Um, but it, I think it's kind of just something to incorporate over... It's hard for me to say this, because obviously I've been doing it for quite a lot of years now, mm. um, consciously and unconsciously. I mean, I didn't call it legacy planning when I hit 21, panicked and planned my funeral. I just... <laughs> hit 21 panicked and planned my funeral um not because at that point not i hadn't even lost anyone at that point it just seemed like something i should do um as someone who has not done any active conscious legacy planning would you say it's something you could work into your planning or would you say it's something you i don't think it's something you can just do once and forget about is it no, it's, it's something you work towards over time yeah some, probably something over time but i think there's probably an element of um I'm st- I'm just I'm actually starting to wonder if is there an element especially with creativity is there an element of we're already doing that if we if you're the kind of person who journals are you already the kind of person yeah. that's thinking these things through just t- you haven't formalized it in any way Yes although you've just said the word journal which has made me go off on another Uh-oh. so something else that I think is really interesting and is part of my own legacy planning if you have diaries and journals and sketchbooks and mm. folders and is that your that you legacy? Not, is that your legacy? And also, is there are there some that you don't want people to see? Mm. And if so, have you nominated somebody to on the point of your death break into your house, preferably just give them a fucking key, um, and remove those things? Interesting. And I have done that. I have got some things that I, people don't need to see, so they're going to somebody trusted, and she will she promise not to read them, and they will get burnt. Well, I mean, if I have time, I might burn them. They're nothing. There's nothing inflammatory in them. There's nothing awful. Like if they were, if they were red, no, no, nobody is going to be sad at the contents. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's just stuff that I feel like I've outgrown, mm. and I don't particularly want that to be. Again, it's part of that. If someone was to publish my diaries, I don't want those first like. 15 to 18 nobody needs to read my thoughts between the age of 15 and 18 it was bollocks and it was written in text speak it's that oh kind my of god stuff. yeah absolutely um, burn them burn. 
Yeah, like late late nineties, the late nineties with with Nokia phones. Nobody needs to know what I was writing down. Like it wasn't. It's not even decipherable, to be honest. By the time I die, no bugger will be able to read it anyway. So it'll be fine. Well, you just made me think there actually, because I've stumbled across old diaries of mine and sat and read them, and yeah. then actually felt quite sad about what was written in them as well, yeah. because that's that was yeah. obviously how I was feeling at the time. So absolutely, yeah, that's uh, for a long time. My diaries for for during my I would say so fifteen to eighteen, I was just like angsty teenager. It was nothing awful, but, you know, it was boring teenage crap. Um, there was nothing useful in there. Um, I would say most of the way through my 20s, I only used my... Di- I only wrote in my diary when I had something icky that I needed to work out, mm. like something that was bugging me yeah. that I needed to kind of work through, or when I was having a really fucking bad day and I needed to get it out. So if yeah. you read my diaries, you would ascertain that I had a really shit time in my 20s. And I didn't. I had a fucking lovely time in my 20s. Just you only it's never just wrote that when you were having a tough time. I never wrote yeah. about it. I, on mm. the blog. So again, that's really interesting. There's another thing there. Your online presence. Your mm. online presence is part of your legacy. Your blogs, yeah. your live journals, your MySpace, your Facebook, your all of that kind of crap. For me, my blog, my main lifestyle blog is my main legacy and I maintain that and I pay for it and I've got plans in place for when I die so that it can either be exported or it can continue to be paid for because that is where my life lives that's my curated life on not even my curated life that's actually my most honest life living on the blog that is suitable for the whole world to read um you've just got me thinking about things like actually like when people do die simple things like your facebook profile and stuff like that mm-hmm. I've d- mm-hmm. it's actually all these, these things that you need to consider there's a huge amount there? if you're if you're in any way active online there is a massive amount of stuff I and mean, we'll touch on some of that more practical stuff in emergency should, planning because yeah. a lot of that stuff is actually connected that who takes over your facebook account if you are incapacitated yep. is the same as who takes over your facebook account if you're dead they just do different things with it right um so i feel like that's that's really interesting but but yeah in terms of you know the, the stuff that you collect so i'm looking around me just as we speak and i've got folders of inspiration i've got fo- i mean i've got folders of boring shit like my price lists they can be shredded um but i've also got folders of things that have inspired me and i've got mm. folders of things that i've sketched out that i haven't created yet and and actually some of those things are part of no one's ever it's not like they're ever going to end up in a museum or anything like that like i'm not you know i'm not aiming for that but thinking of them in those kind of terms can help you separate what is dross and what is you know, actually part of the story of your life and it's the story of your life that's really, probably the interesting thing to consider here it is it's it is that idea of that yeah that story of your life but i guess you're thinking about the perspective the, the point of view of why are you leaving them as well yes. aren't you yes also that because you could just selfishly so we're remembered well for me so, yeah. so people remember me yeah but... and but because you could yeah. literally just say hey just burn the whole thing to the ground it's fine you know it doesn't matter yeah could do that but hmm i think there's some love in there i mean there's the thing i actually i don't think i've, I've tripped over it yet but one one of my other things is that i want to have an open house after i die where people can take so the various times that people have been in they've seen my various collections of like nothing i own is valuable literally she has nothing some I own amazing is valuable. collections though just... but i have collections of typewriters and model horses and i have like little tiny ornaments and i have shells and i have carvings and i have just stuff stuff that i've picked up i've got really interesting coffee tables like mad stuff that i've picked up over the years and if i had a pound for every time someone had come into my house and gone oh my god that's amazing I'd love to have that obviously at the moment I'm 35 I quite like to keep my stuff like I bought it because I like it yeah but as I get to be older I suspect I will start to give people stuff if they ask for it um when I say older I don't mean like next year don't rock up to my house and be like dude can I have your coffee table because I've been waiting know, I love my coffee table <laughs> <laughs> and again none of this stuff is monetarily valuable so it's not like i'm gifting people something they can sell or do anything useful with mm. but i do like the idea of all my precious things going and being 
a small precious thing that every time they look at it they'll think of so i've for example i've got when my grandpa died um he had these little wooden mice and a little brass box that were always on the mantelpiece and i used to play with when i was there i was only six six or seven when he died and they were given to me after everything was sorted out and everything and it was such a small thing but i now have them on my mantelpiece and every time i look at them i think of grandpa every single time yeah. so i don't look at them every day necessarily but every time my eyes caught by the little box and the little mice that sit on top of them um i remember grandpa and i remember happy times with him and and it's those little things that i think i think are really like your creativity but also your kind of your stuff and your it might be that someone wants to keep your sketchbook it might be that someone wants to tell your i call my nieces and nephews nibblings your great nibblings or your great great nibblings um someone might want to tell them about auntie sarah who wrote the book or look yeah. at this is the book that auntie sarah wrote you know or i don't know there's there's things that ultimately i think it, it probably could be classed as quite a selfish thing but i no, think stories are no. the most important things we have and i think curating and, and and building your own story is actually a really important thing to do yeah no i agree with that and that's behind legacy planning i would say for yeah. me is, is the story it's it's fascinating to actually listen to it say this is obviously something i'm coming from a completely different perspective of never really having contemplated this before so i i'm going away from this podcast with my mind whirring now about about how Amazing. yeah about how i can plan my legacy i think yeah that's exciting yeah I love it. Oh, I'm pleased because sometimes I think I'm a bit of a weirdo, but sometimes it's nice uh, well, to have no, the you're definitely a weirdo. validated. We'd, let's, let's confirm that you <laughs> yeah, are. there's not really there's not really any any doubt about that, is there? No, that's fair. Um, because I wouldn't love you otherwise. So. True, true. <laughs> Fellow weirdos find each other. Exactly. No, but I'm I'm really glad because um, as I say we started this just as a conversation, and mm. there was every possibility that the conversation would end in you going, mm-hmm, "That's nice, but no." <laughs> So, I'm I, glad that didn't happen because that would be a very dull episode wouldn't I it? genuinely think it's very important actually and, and yeah I think it's important yes to plan your legacy but like you say I, I like that idea that it's from a place of love when you've got friends maybe family but more likely friends people that you know um, that yeah that you're perhaps leaving them something to remember you by whatever that might be whether it's a physical thing or a piece of art or whatever yeah mm, yeah I like that Absolutely. Yes. I so think, on that note, yeah, did we? Did we? we can probably bring that to a a, a bit of a close. I, I think, think I so. would love to hear yes. from you guys. If any of you do this, don't do this, have suddenly thought about doing this because you've listened to us, think we're completely nuts. Wh- whatever your opinion, I would genuinely love to hear. Probably more than any other episode we've done so far. Yeah. Because I've never really talked about this publicly. This is the first time I've ever spoken about this, <gasps> apart so from that ink drops. But Anna wrote the ink drops because that was her letter thing. Yes. Um. I've never ever talked about this before outside of conversations with my friends. Oh, interesting. Just oh, this one we recorded. It will be really interesting to hear what people think. So I'm then, so definitely. interested to know what you guys think. Yeah. And also, I'd love to know if I'm like, am I alone in planning my legacy? Or, or actually, is it that we're split? So so people are 50 50 split like me and like you. So mm. I think that would be really nice to know. Um, and are you going, as a result of this, are you thinking, what are you thinking? What's your legacy going to be? What's your. So, do I think that feels like the most exciting thing is actually thinking about that, isn't it? So. It is. Either for me, it's, it's, you know, and also because I haven't, I haven't fully created it yet. I'm yeah. still in the process of creating my life story. So, I don't know what my legacy will be, but exactly. I do love knowing that there's. I'm working towards something. my own life yeah. happiness, but also something that will. I was going to say supersede me. That's not the word I mean. Succeed, Succeed I think, is the word yes. I mean. Don't <laughs> yeah, supersede you. It will you. be thereafter. <laughs> not supersede me you couldn't supersede me <laughs> nothing good no i nothing love that good. excellent yeah fabulous lovely as ever thank you for listening guys yeah goodbye and um goodbye
Thanks so much for listening. We'd love for you to rate us, review us and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Five stars, please. Where can people find us online, Carla? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Creative Reboot Co. And we also have a Facebook group, which we'd love you to join to come and talk to us about the episodes. Just search for Creative Reboot Group. And you can also go to our website, creativereboot.co, where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get in touch with us if you fancy being a guest or have topics that you want us to chat about. We'll look forward to seeing you there.